All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here. Cheers for joining me, liking, subscribing, sharing. I hope you're well. Uh, got a very good guest on the show today. Good friend of mine, very funny, Mr. Ray Goots. Everybody, very funny, Ray Goots. All right, Ray, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, mate. How are you? Uh, how are you coping with everything? Oh, uh, you know, I actually love this shit. Uh, people give. Well, yeah, I met a girl on a dating app, and she said, "How you doing?" I said, "I'm doing great." And I think like that turned her off. What am I supposed to do? Want to slip my wrist every two seconds? Like, I don't know. Like, I look at it like this. Like, I can, you know, I can get a lot of, like, dumb shit done. Like, I can watch a lot of shitty movies and TV shows I never had time for. Right. And I can do it, like, guilt-free. Like, I sat on a Saturday night and watched, like, five Godzilla movies in a row. And if this was, like, a year or two ago, I would just be like, man, I should be out on the road. I should be doing spots. What am I doing? And now I don't feel like that. And, you know, the thing I want to remind people is that when this is over, we're never going to have – this freedom to be a lazy piece of shit again you know i know you have a, like a, re- a regular job but you get my point right right that th- and th- there's two ways to that too right i'm the very same with that right because during the day i got like all right what what are my goals that i want to do with this extra time right so and i'm working on some projects and stuff like that too but then at the end of the day if i'm not going for a quick shitty run because there's no gym anymore I'm like, fuck it. Let me watch shows that I would never have watched in my wildest dreams. Yes. Not even because of the time aspect, but just out of self. Like, like I've been watching, and you and I are the same. We're, we're big uh, comic book superhero fans, right? So I would never in my wildest dreams have watched Supergirl. But I'm like, oh, so watch that. yeah, I'm five episodes in now. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it gets better once they cross over with Flash and Arrow, so. Well, see, that's the thing, too. Like, I've been watching a lot of DC animated movies, and they're really good. Yeah. Really good. Whereas their movies suck. Yes. The, 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 the cartoon division was in charge of the love action division. They'd be killing Marvel. Did you see Apocalypse War, the one that just came out? I did. That was really good. That was just uh, just the amount of the insane shit that happened in that movie. I was My mouth was on the floor the entire time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What was, I'm not watching them in any particular order. But I just finished, um, what did I finish uh, today? Uh, Reign of Superman. Yeah, uh, that one's good. That was really good, too. And there's just so many, like, like, I'm like, holy shit, man. DC know what they're doing when it comes to these animated movies. Yeah, it's just too bad they keep going back to Zack Snyder in live action. Because that is just a fucking disaster. That they keep so going back I, to are you excited for the, the, the cut, the big cut coming out next year? Uh, the only the only way I'm excited about it is so I can say to everybody, see, I told you so when it comes out, well, you know, worse than dog shit. Uh, that's the only reason I'm excited. Otherwise, like, I don't know why anybody, well, I don't know why anyone want more of that guy. The, the fact that he ruined Batman v Superman. I mean, it takes a lot of work and effort to make that movie an unwatchable piece of shit. So I got to give him credit. It almost, it almost takes talent to make it that bad. So... Yeah, but the thing about this this new Justice League cut is, I'm sorry for people out there who are not uh, comic book people. I'm very sorry. It just it just instinctively went to there. Um, but like, if I my feeling on this was like, if it was good, it would have been out. Like, it would have come out already. It wouldn't have been like, hey, we're going to hold off on something better just in case. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and I know like he had to pull away. Uh, you know, his daughter committed suicide, which is why he had to pull away. But if they had faith in his vision, they would have said, we'll wait. We'll hold on to this movie and film this when you, when you, you know, take care of your family. We'll finish the movie when you take care of your family problems. Instead, they were like, oh, you know, it's horrible that she offed herself, but 
But now we can get away from this fucking asshole. And, and just, is that you know. what happened? I thought it was just like for some reason there was another. I didn't know his daughter killed herself. He was having problems already with uh with the the brass, but then his daughter killed herself, and he was basically like, I gotta go away for that. But uh, I think like if his daughter didn't kill him, kill herself, uh, I always made a joke. I hate to make that. I said the joke. She she must have saw the director's cut. That's why she killed herself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. I think even if his daughter didn't kill himself, because apparently, like, you know, the Warner Warner Brothers said to him, "Oh, do whatever you want, Batman v Superman." And then when they saw the final cut, they were like, "Oh, we made a huge mistake." So the studio tried to interfere a lot with Justice League because they were like, "Look, you, you you you're driving this into the ground. Two movies in, it's already in the ground." So. Yeah, man, it really it, it's really like such a bad with such great characters that it's just it's just bad. It's just such a bad decision. Yeah, hundred. You know, I just I don't know why people keep going back to him. I don't get it. I, I you know I really don't get it. I I fucking I I'm lost for words with that shit, man. Yeah. But listen, the the reason why I uh, I kind of wanted to have you on, and it's been a while since I you know we really got a chance to hang out and stuff. But I follow you all the time, um, and you're on my feed constantly on all social media. And the one thing I like about it is that you're so fucking honest. Oh, thanks. Um. No, really, like, and it's definitely in this business of, of ass kissers and people who just want to get ahead and, you know, I don't mean as in, like, shitting on other comics, I don't mean that through any, I don't mean that to go down that road, of course, but it's like, this, even this whole COVID thing, like, I really like how you went after how outspoken you are about fucking idiots. Oh, with COVID? You know, yeah. Like, especially with COVID. Oh, yeah. You know, there's some comedians who I love, I think, the world of. And they're going on that it's fake. And, you know, this is not – I feel like a lot of people are treating this like it's a Republican-Democrat issue. And it's not. This is like – this is end. Of, this is like, you know, the, this could be the – you know, if we mishandle this, this could be the end of, of our lifestyle. So, you know, we have a whole different thing. And people that, like, treat it, oh, you're a liberal crybaby. You're afraid of the virus. Dude, that's not a liberal crybaby. You're being a fucking idiot, you know? Yeah. yeah, there's there's so many of them out there, man. That like I just watched them fucking just watched them, like even like I I came across I had an epiphany recently, and it's just like if you're fucking done, if you're arguing about politics, you're just an idiot. Yeah. And I, I I put it down to the same analogy as if when you were younger and you liked uh, professional rest. I mean, you I know you still like wrestling, but when you when you believed it was real, is my point. Yeah. And like to argue over how. Oh, if the Ultimate Warrior gets the ropes, then Hulk Hogan is dead, right? And it, yeah. it, like, it has no effect. Your argument has no effect. Yeah, because they can make up all the rules where they want. You know, if you know, a wrestler could get beat up for 45 minutes, then he could just stand up, hit the guy with two moves and win if, if that's what the promoter wants. So. <laughs> but a that's woman, like, people go like, oh, a woman can't beat. I go, oh, yeah, if, if Vince McMahon wants a woman to be the champion, She's gonna beat up Bill Goldberg with enough money. Like it's just, it's just, it's just there's no rules to wrestling, you know? Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. It's whatever they want to sell it that'll turn to whatever's a page turner. Yeah, but but the comics out there, man, that that I like, I mean, look at it. Some of them make valid points too, but some of them with the stupidity. And I always thought that comics we weren't not necessarily smarter than the average person but we looked at things differently than the yeah. average person that's why we do what we do right yes. you know like if i remember I went years ago to a doctor to talk about um uh depression or whatever and he goes we'll, we'll put you on these pills here and i go all right before we do that 
You pick up that pen and you look at it this way. I look at that pen a totally different way. Will that make this medication interfere with that? And you went, yes, absolutely. I go, well, then I don't want to be on it. Yeah. Right? So when these fucking comics go out there and you're exposed, you're looking at them, you're like, aren't you supposed to be like the, 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 not smart, but like at least have an intelligent view on things? Well, I, I love what I always wanted to be a comic. What I loved about comics when I was a kid was they cut through the bullshit and saw things for what they really are. And I almost feel like some of them are purveyors of bullshit, you know? Yeah. And we only, I think a lot of people are afraid of life after comedy. I think they're afraid of what if this doesn't come back? And I think that's why some of them have kind of went nuts. And, you know, they're believing pandemics and, you know, they're, they're, you know, we, you know, I had one comic who screamed to me that we should open no matter what in New York right now. And I said, what do you do that's so important that someone's grandmother should die? So you can go keep doing it. And he hung up the phone on me. But it's like, I think they're very afraid of a world where this isn't their primary thing. And it sucks. But at the end of the day, it's not like you're getting it. Look, it's not like my comedy career ended because I sucked and I burned all my bridges. The world is literally about to end. That's why my comedy career. Right. (laughs) I kind of take peace in that. Okay, I'm not going on stage, but neither is Bill Burr. Neither is Joey Cola. Neither is anybody. So let me go fucking watch some movies when it comes back. It's, it's out of my hands, whether or not this is going to come back or not, you know? Yeah. I mean, but there's some, like, like uh, there's guys that are in Texas this weekend doing shows. Yeah. And they're probably going to die after the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fucking, but the one thing too, like about, about um, what I, about you was that man, it's like, like I look at guys that had like you had momentum behind you too. You are so fucking. You are, are I won't say were. You are so hardworking, like in everything you do. Yeah. Like you never stop going, man. And and you're one of those guys that that down the line, it's that has to pay off. And for the fact that because hard work. Listen, I've said this before. Like Conor McGregor has said it, and I don't know if I agree with him or disagree with him. Conor McGregor said there's no such thing as talent. There's only hard work. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that's yeah. the case. You're one of those guys that are destined to break out because of how hard you fucking work. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, no, I've I've, uh, I've always been busting my ass, and I had a lot of plans for this year, and they're out the window. Um, but again, like, but then I kind of, you know, I kind of uh, the minute this happened, I called up my friend Andrew Lee because I was just gonna sit and watch Raw, and I'm like, hey, do you want to do a wrestling podcast on every Monday? And we started doing that, and now I'm doing a wrestling podcast four nights a week. So you know, it's just like, okay, well, I can't make my name in stand-up this year where else can i do well, i like wrestling i like disney i'll do podcasts about those things you know you're fucking pod you're so you're involved in so many podcasts man and i wish i fucking had the i honestly wish like i'm not saying i don't have the time but like i'm working on like my own my own plans you know i was motivated a lot by uh what happened um by jealousy if i'm being honest like there's one or two guys that are I consider friends of mine and they're skyrock their careers are skyrocketing past me. I'm like, you know what, fuck this. Like what well, instead of shitting on them or kind of going like, you know, I don't want to be around them, they're making me jealous. I'm like, all right, well what what can I do? Yeah. What can I do to get there? So I, I mapped out a plan for myself and I'm doing it. I'm committing to it. I'm working on it every single day. And when I I mean and I think the doors will open again. No, I think they will um, It's gonna be it's just gonna be a while though, you know? But what will it be like, do you think, like when we reopen? Uh, I mean, look, you've been around the comedy, you've been around the comedy business uh, on both sides of it, right? You've been in the management yeah, side of the comedy, and you've been, right, I would and say, you're now a performer. 
if you have a bigger club, you need to, and I, I, I think mainly New York City, I think Governors is going to be okay. But if you're like out in New York City and you have a bigger club, uh, you need to really, even when things, even when things go back to normal, 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 like this is just in our rear view, you need right. to not, you need to come up with a business plan where you're not setting people on top of each other. Cause I don't think people are going to want to do that anymore. And if you can't right. find a business plan where it's viable, cause some of these clubs have people sitting on each other's heads. And I know, cause I used to sit them there. Um, right. if you can't, if that's the only way you can survive, then you need to pull out now and invest in something else because, I think that's the big thing is that people are not going to want to sit on top of each other. It doesn't matter who the comedians are. I think tourism is dead for a while uh, in New York city because uh, right. every other, I don't know what they, if, do you ever still relatives? You have relatives in Ireland, right? Yeah. All my whole family still lives there. Okay. Yeah. My, my friends and my, I have a friend in England, a friend in Ireland. And they basically say in the news every night, that New York city's like, we're like the walking dead basically. Like they've already, we're, we're like people in, in Europe think we're like a city, like of zombies. Uh, just yeah, the, uh, and that's where I kind of have a problem too, though, about how the media is covering it too. Because like, yeah. I, I did a national radio show in Ireland. They called me because they wanted to know, like, I guess I was because they're not sending correspondents over here. Yeah, so they wanted to know what was going on, and they had one view, right? They had they they had everybody hates Trump, and Americans don't give a shit about this pandemic because they might clip to some fucking Florida beach party and they think that is all Americans. Yeah. Right? And the news wanted me to kind of go off that. And I go, well, let me tell you something. Once you leave New York City, like I'm 45 minutes out of the city and I'm surrounded by people who love Trump. And I know so many, I know more people that would never go to a beach party. So they almost want this one perception. So that, I do have a problem with that. Well, them. that's like, the other thing I, too. It's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of nation, I feel like America thinks we live in a bubble or we're in the DC universe and the rest of the world's in the Marvel universe. But the rest right. of the world kind of does want us not to be the superpower we are. And right now we're showing a lot of ass. And I think the world thinks this is a good opportunity to take them down a peg, you know? Possible. Like, that, that's, that's possible. But, uh, you know, I, but when I tried to talk to these guys, the news guys, mm-hmm. once I said that, I didn't want to call them, you know, it's the media's fault. I kind of always said, well, it really only is, you know, what pers- of how you're, you're, you're looking at it, where you're getting your facts from. And once I said that, they immediately changed the subject. And this is like a national radio show in Ireland. Yeah. And well, because you were, you, hear- were, you were disrupting their view. And and the and the narrative they're pushing to their listeners, you know, that the United States is falling apart, you know. Yeah, man, it's it's kind of like it was like I'm like really over like in Ireland, you're supposed to be very like straight down the middle. Let's let's go with honesty, but it's it's not, man. It's really like and the view of America right now. And I get calls like my mother all the time. Are you okay? I hear it's terrible over there. I'm like, honestly, I'm fucking fine. Yeah, yeah. This you is know, a golden age for me. I love it. <laughs> but. But the thing, going back to about what you think about what you said about sitting people on top of each other's heads, though, right? You've been there, man. That night where the, the room is fucking packed, mm-hmm. some people might stand if they could, and you are just getting those waves upon waves of laughter, right? Because of the capacity of the crowd. Yeah. Like, what do you think that's going to do for comics who, like, fucking murder? Uh, I you mean, know? I think you're still going to murder, but I think, like, you know, if your club fits, uh, let's say, 300, I think you need to come up with a plan. And if it's 300 where, you know, somebody, two people are sharing shares, I think you need to come up with a plan right. where you're either at 250 or 200. I think long term. I think, I, I, But, uh, you know, 200 people, 
you know, you kill in front of 200 people, that's still an amazing feeling. You're not going to be like, you know, that was good, but it would have been a good with an extra 100. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've, ki- I've killed with like 15 people in the room and had a great time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the last, my last show actually was at Governor's. It was 60 people in that room. And, you know, I felt awesome. I felt great. And then there were like 10 people in the little room and I felt great. So like, you know, a, a, a great room is a great room. A great crowd's a great crowd. But I just think, you, you know, if you like, you know, you sell out tickets to someone like, like uh, Sebastian Manikaskow or someone, and you're just trying to show people are eventually going to be, I'm not going in that room. You reach a certain level and people are just going to be like, I don't care that Sebastian Manikaskow is in that room. I don't want to be near all these people. I want my money back. And I think you're going to see like yeah. a big fight when they try to like shove that extra 50 in the room, that extra 50 won't go in. That's what I think. Well, I think the big, the big names and I've heard people like, uh, who, who did I hear talk about it recently? Joe Rogan said that he's like, you know what, if I can't do, uh, you know, a, a 10,000 room, he goes, then I'll do, I'll get the same theater or whatever it is. And you know, I'll, I'll do two sets of fives. Like I, I don't care. But the weird thing is too about like capacity is like, I remember I used to open up, I open up for a whole week straight for John Panette and you, you've worked with John Panette before, right? Even if it's from a management point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 so, and I did like a couple of uh, showcases, like, you know, like the showcases with him as a comic. But yeah, I worked with him a million times. He's the, he's yeah. the man. He was the, and he was the nicest guy too. But like when he would sell out a room, they would have, because no disrespect, his, he was a big man. His audience were big. Men. Yeah, no, I know. And, and then what would happen is like, you would have to take out half the room anyway, just to get those guys in. Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember well, you know, where I was at. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't remove a seat no matter what. They just said, "Hey, fatso, sit on top of this fatso," because that's it. That's what we got. Wow, really? Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think that's going to be a thing. I think also it's going to be harder for, uh, you know, I think I heard that they're not booking any theater shows in 2020. Like they're just not going to. It's just not worth it. So if this does come back in September, October, if you got someone like Amy Schumer sitting in an apartment. She might be like, hey, you know what? Hey, governors, can I do Thursday and Sunday? And they're like, fuck, yeah, we'll do the whole hour and bring whoever you want because we're going to, you know, we'll sell out the seats we're allowed to seat. And that'll right. screw over people like Kenny Ryan or the Goots or, you know, because, you know, and I could see that happening uh, everywhere where, the, where these headliners like I can't do the theater. I can't tour. I'll just go to these clubs. And, and of course, what club would, would say no to like someone like Amy Schumer or Louis C.K. or David Tell who just want to like, you know, stretch, stretch their muscles? Yeah, I've said that from day one, too, that the Kings are going to come from down on high. And, uh, you know, the, the little guys are going to get, um, you know, pushed to the side a little bit. I mean, I've, I've been bumped by, by many times, like by, by, you know, by legends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I remember at the comic strip one night, George Wallace walked in. I was just about to go up. And uh, they, he, he said, I go, all right, well, I'll just leave then. He was like, no, no, my man, I'm going to do like five minutes. I'm like, all right, I'll stick around. And he goes up with this big, massive leaf. They never do five minutes. You know, no pad. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Like, I just, so I watched him for about 15 minutes out of, as, as being a fan of comedy. And I left. The only person that, like, twice I've been done right, by when I got, I mean, I'm talking about being bumped. Once Chris Rock came into the comic strip and I was going to be bumped and he said, you know what? I'll get my notes together. You just go up and do your set. And I think I said to him, well, I'll only do 10 instead of 20 or whatever it was. And he went, okay, perfect. You know, out of respect for that. But then another time, Tracy Morgan walked in and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going home because he was my, he was my spot. He goes, he goes I'm going to do five minutes. 
and he did five minutes and left. It was the weirdest fucking thing. Well, well he doesn't. I mean, I mean you know? no, no offense to him. He doesn't have a lot of time. So unless he's ready. <laughs> but yeah, those guys are going to come down now. And, and, the, and, the, and the smaller guys are going to get bumped. Yeah. And, but you know what? I mean, I'm kind of okay with that. Because number one, I don't want to rush in. Because I don't, tr- I, I, you know, if, if they just go like, fuck it. And they reopen everything without a uh, vaccine. I don't want to rush in anyway because yeah. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust uh, people in general, so I don't want to rush back. So you know what? If like the first two months are going to be Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock co- contacting COVID and passing away, that's fine by me. <laughs> when we get the vaccine, it's like you know. I just I want to. I'm kind of like I want to wait and see what those first two months are going to be like before I you know race to you know get on the road or go to the city you know i just want to kind of wait like see well what happens what's going to happen because i do think we're going to have to see a second wave in the winter you do you think that yeah i do and i think the other thing too is if this isn't really resolved in new york city and we get to the cold weather i think people are going to leave in mass especially a lot of like these newer comedians because it's gonna be all right my dreams aren't gonna come true i'm going broke and there's no jobs would I rather freeze my ass off in this condition or sit and sit in the sun or sit in mountain mountain air? And I think a lot of people are going to be like, fuck it. I'm moving out West or I'm moving, you know, South because why am I going to freeze my ass off in December, January, New York city and not, not catch a break and not do any stand up? Yeah. I was going to bring that up next. Actually. I, I did. I know a lot of guys have moved out uh, of the city um, and I saw you put a post up a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I did look. I looked at houses about, in California. Yeah. Okay, that's where you would go, California. Yeah, my whole family's there, and where they live, it's like a uh, with no traffic, thirty minute drive to the store with traffic an hour. But the way I look at it is this: you got to drive everywhere in LA anyway, and I'd rather right. be near my family and affordable housing because I'm driving anyway. So, you know, if I have to drive an hour instead of a half hour, who gives a shit? Uh, so I did look over there. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm probably going to stay here. But if, you know, if things don't improve and I just, I just, you know, because I have a friend who's a nurse and she said the hospitals are busier now than they were in March and April, which is weird to me because no one's reporting that. But I, I, if, if, if I see long term, like there might not be a future out here. I might move over there, but right now I do want to stay in New York because I love I love this city, and I don't just love the city. I love Long Island. I love Pennsylvania. I love this whole area. I feel like this is where comedy is supposed to be, but at the same time, it's like, hey, you know what? If L.A. comes back sooner than us, at least I got my whole family there, and I can spend time with them. You know, here I'm all by myself. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I go to Wisecrackers up in Allentown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I drive by and I'm like, look at all these apartments that are being built, these skylines. So I'm talking to Chris, the owner of Wisecrackers. And I go, Chris, with all due respect, like there's no employment in this town. Like all the factories shut down there. You can go into the steel stacks as a museum now. Um, I said, why would anybody want to like invest in this? And she goes, Mick, you can jump on a train and be in the city in 50 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, I'm like, fuck, really? Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, no, why Why would you then? Like, if, if you were doing, co- like, that means I can get, if I lived in in Allentown, I could get to New York City quicker than what I could from living out on Long Island. Because I'll hit, I mean, I, I kind of time my spots enough to where I leave late enough so the traffic is pretty much gone. But it's roughly the same time. It's roughly the same time. So why would I fucking want to deal with the fucking prices and all that shit of New York Yeah, City? it's true. You know, that, that might be another option. Live where Kadana lives. You know, I feel like 
But the only thing, other thing too, though, is like what I said, like, well, all right, New York City's nothing's really working. Because uh, have you been to Manhattan or you haven't been? No, I want to, though. I really I wanted to come in and I asked somebody and they thought I was joking. Um, I wanted to come in and rent either a moped or a city bike and just kind of ride around and just experience, see what's going on. But be res- but I also want to be respectful of people who are fearful. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be like, that guy just shows up. Like, yeah, there's nothing to worry about. No, because uh, pe- pe- my, you know? my friends who work in Manhattan still as nurses or like comedians like Sheba Mason live there. I mean, Sheba's been attacked. She's been punched in the head. And uh, they just yeah, they that. just said, like, there's, it's like the 80s all, all over again. It's like the 80s have come back with a vengeance. And, you know. Meaning what? Dangerous, dangerous again? again. I, I haven't been to Manhattan since March. I've stayed. The last time I was in Manhattan, actually, was when I was coming back from Governor's, uh, my last show. So I haven't been to Manhattan since March. But I believe it. You know, that part of the city was always there. It's just that we put the, the, the set of friends on top of them. But now, now that all those kids who like love friends and sex in the city and all that other shit, now that they're all leaving, you know. And we, would you go around if I drove in and picked you up? Would you go around? Yeah, I would go in a car. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I would. Probably... We'll do that one day, man. We'll just no reason for me. There's no stand up. All the clubs are closed. All the bars are closed. All the restaurants. Well, you know, I can't go buy clothes either. So, like, you know, I, I'd rather, when I go for exercise, I'd rather walk around the store. You know? But, yeah, I would go drive around with you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Maybe we'll do that. And we'll just do, a, we'll do like, a podcast as we're driving around and see what's going on. Yeah, we'll see how many people are getting murdered. Oh, there's five murders. I mean, you know the locations better than I do. I know just where the clubs are. But I don't know the, you know. The, yeah, the yeah. well, I mean, like, well, Sheba lives by uh, Caroline's and uh, Broadway. She said it's pretty bad over there, so. Really, shit, yeah. man. and that's that's that that's very recent. Then, yeah, I mean, like it. Yeah, I mean, but Midtown always had seediness just underneath it. It's yeah. just like you know, the tourists kind of kept it away, and now the tourists are all dead. So, yeah. yeah, the lights, the lights in the Disney store, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's always hard to tell because I also think that, I also think though that like if if this does it, if things are still fucked up in the fall in the winter, the housing market's gonna go in the toilet. And then I'll be able to buy a, a nice house here in the city. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that? So it's kind of hard for me to predict my next move day to day. I just know like, hey, I, I want to do stand up. That's that's my long term career. I just have to wait. And, you know, and that's why, like now I'm enjoying watching shitty Nicolas Cage movies and everything else, because <laughs> when this goes back to normal, everyone is going to be hitting the ground running everyone is going to be in a rush because there's going to be a lot of comedians out there. They're going to be like, this was supposed to be my year and I lost it. And now yeah. I cannot, I cannot take a day off. And I think I'm going to feel the same way. So let me enjoy all my time off now. I think when I come back though, what this one thing, this pandemic has told me is rest. Like I used to be up on my schedule was shoot, like work all out Long Island, go put my kids to bed, go straight to the city, come home, go to the gym, sometimes at one o'clock in the morning, get wow. back up again at six. And I, it didn't affect me because I, I just kept doing it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it never caught up to me. Um, but I may go back and work smarter next time around. Like I might not get up on stage Tuesday. Like if I get up on stage, uh, maybe Thursday to Friday to Saturday, maybe to Sunday. I think I'll be okay with that and spend a lot of time writing and analyzing more as opposed to just getting up and, you know what I mean? Like, oh, because normally I go up, I try, I got new bits. Let me try tighten them, try tighten them. But I think I might try, uh, 
I might try that through either podcasting or just. I think I'm going to work a lot smarter when this opens back up again. Yeah, good. Yeah, me too. You know, I said something. I said this is a big opportunity to not work with toxic people anymore and to not like toxic people control the industry. And when I write that on on Facebook, it, people kind of like they don't really reply to that. But I'm not going to put up with toxic people. I'm not like I, I thought about running a few shows like drive in shows or Zoom shows. I tried the Zoom show and people were already like trying to play political games. And I was like, I don't have time for this shit. I don't even like doing Zoom. I'm just going to fucking watch movies. And the same thing, I tried to do a drive-in show and someone played some games. And I'm just yeah, not going to yeah, do that anymore. Crazy. And I think I'm, I'm going to work smarter, but I'm also, you know, if, if I sense that someone's a creep or a scumbag, I'm just not going to roll with it anymore. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm done. I don't, I don't have time for this, you know? Well, I've adopted that mentality a long time. I mean, look, you've been in a green room with me before, man, and seen me just like call people on their bullshit yeah um like i've been like that way a long time it's very freeing to not to speak your mind and to not put yourself around assholes like, yeah well like somebody said to, to me the other day if you do produce a show you got to put so-and-so on the show and i'm like why well they're gonna be offended and they won't put you on there yeah ray i think i lost you there buddy you still there hello ray I don't know. Can you hear me? Ray? Yeah, I think I lost you, buddy. Hey, oh, can well. you hear me? Oh, good. I got you back. I was just about to uh, to hang up on you. Good. Okay, no, I'm still there. here. I'm still here. So what were you saying? The last thing I heard was like you were offended by someone. No, uh, somebody you said, going, you, you know, if you do someone? a show, you got to put so-and-so on. And I'm like, I know I don't. And he goes, well, then, it, it, you know, he might remember that and i'm like well, I, he doesn't have any power right now who even knows he's gonna be alive in the club's yeah, real but i'm yeah. not playing these games yeah there's all this thing what this guy is going to be the next whatever and people kiss their ass and 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 then like if you're in that circle now you get mentioned by them like it's almost like there's certain circles that decide who the next wave of funny people yeah are but here's when... here's the news that all those circles are gone they have no say they have no control so now it's all about what you can do for yourself, you know? I agree. I 100% agree on that. I 100% agree on that. And I think, I think a lot of people have left comedy that will never come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, it's going to be very weird when it opens back up because, what, do you want to be number fifth comic on the show that goes up and what, are you going to talk about COVID? Yeah. Like, again, yeah. like people are going to want to be, people are going to want to, they're going to be sick of fucking COVID and the last thing you want to do is hear your comics talk about it. Um, and then really what material have you written with honesty? Like I just came up with some material that wasn't COVID related. And I was like, fuck that. Okay. That was lucky that I came up with that. And it was just by accident. Like most of my bits are. And you know what I mean? Like, do I want to go up and say, so the other night I'm at the movies, the answer going, no, you weren't, you fucking liar. You were locked up in COVID like the rest of us. So I think it's like the transition of coming back is going to be very weird. Like, it's going to be very weird. It is. It's, it's going to be weird. And a lot of people say, are you writing jokes during this? And I go, no. And they're like, well, why? And I go, well, because I don't know what the world's going to be like when we come back to normal, you know? Yeah, I haven't sat down. I have wrote out my hour, which I plan on recording a special when I get mm-hmm. back. And I'm going to try to sell it. Um, but as I'm writing it, I'm finding new tags for it and a better way to say it. So I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. And then there's like three or four new bits just popped into my head, which were regular conversations mm-hmm. with my son. And I'm like, you know what? I can just don't even have to ever mention COVID about this story yeah. and just tell it. But yeah, but like, I feel like a lot of comedians are writing COVID jokes. Look, look like, um, 
your COVID material and, and your COVID references uh, could be completely out of date in two weeks because information keeps changing, you know? And that's true, why I'm like, true. I'm not writing because I don't know what, uh, what, what we're going to be like when we get out of this. So that's when I'm going to write. When things are back to normal, I'm ready to go on stage. That's when I'll write new material because then I'll know, okay, this is the new normal, you know? Well, that, that's the problem, too, about like when you write like that, because like I, I remember going on a road gig. I was very new to comedy, and I was emceeing the middle and then the headliner. All three of us were in the car. We were going to um, Comedy Works in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And the middle act was used to do this joke about Lane Bryant. Right, He was a Long Island guy. He saw the Roosevelt Field Mall, and he did a joke about the Lane Bryant being across from the food court about how that was great marketing. Lane Bryant, for those of you who don't know, is a store for uh, overweight people, mm-hmm. overweight ladies. And he would do like great marketing because they opened it right across in the food court. So this guy was driving and he, and this was before, you're going back uh, 12 years now, te- 10 to 12 years. So the phones weren't as, you know, prominent in your hand. So I remember him calling his girlfriend saying, can you go on to online, look up the nearest mall, by the club and find out the location of where the Lane Bryant is. Like, like you fucking, like, that's a horrible yeah. way to write. You know what I mean? And it's, it's going to be the same with the COVID. Like, it's like, like you said, if that all changes, if that all changes, then. Yeah. You know, and fuck. that's the thing. It's like, you know, like, it's it, like I had a great joke about like uh, Trump was going Easter where it's going to be over by Easter. And it's like, you know, imagine the poor Easter bunny. You, right. you, all you've done is delivered eggs. Now you got to cure COVID in a fucking week. Uh, but that now that joke's out because I don't think people even remember that Trump was screaming that COVID's going to be gone by Easter. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, but I think a lot yeah, of I people kind it. of – absolutely just, remember it. Uh, it, There's so much crazy shit has been said and done since Easter that it's like ah, – that's already an old, old joke. I mean that's already referencing like a past. It's going to be a wild ride to, to, to get back I mean, to the close, you know? Yeah, I think it's going to be yeah. a hack. Um, and what's going to happen is – Someone out there like a Chappelle will come up and, you know, maybe not Chappelle, a tell or someone, you know. Or John Mulaney and do a definitive COVID special. Someone. And they'll come up and they'll do like, like, you know what it is? They're going to nail it and it's going to be like you would never attempt a hot pocket joke. Right. You would never. You would never attempt hot pockets as a joke because you just know everyone knows that that joke could not get any better. It's I mean, even though Gaffigan doesn't own it. Doesn't own the rights to that yeah. fucking hot pocket, but you know nobody's going to do yeah, no, hot it. Yeah, no, he's joke. the best. That's There's the best no hot pocket joke in human history. Right, and someone's going to do the same with COVID. And then if you're just a comic up there, and it's just like, ugh. And then every radio show is going to do it. Every podcast is going to do it. It's no, it's not. Working. And I think you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of comedians, you know, like right now they're doing drive-in shows, and I'm all about doing a drive-in show or a Zoom show. I think the real future right now, and I think it's what you're doing, what I'm doing. I think podcasts. I think if you can get a fan base off a podcast, I think then you're set and you are won't have, you know, like a Corinne Fisher as Guys We Fucked, when things go back to normal, she'll have spots right. because of her podcast. Same thing with like a Luis Gomez and stuff. And I think yeah. that's the way you have to build your fan base. And I think a, a podcast is the best way to do it. So I think you're doing the right thing by doing your podcast. Well, I appreciate that, man. But like, and the weird thing about that too is like, is like, my, I'm looking at my numbers every week. I don't really look at my numbers because I originally started. I don't know if I said this before, but I started this podcast yeah. as an open mic, right? I would pick the topics because I write on stage. I write as I talk, right? So I go up my ideas and I just talk it out. And now, if I went up on stage, right? Let's say I'm at Governor's, I'm at the comic strip, whatever, Gotham, and I go up on stage and I want to do this whole rant mm-hmm. about a horse I saw. 
if I'm two minutes into this rant and realize it's bombing, I'll bail. But on the podcast, I don't know if it's bombing. So let me, I'll see it through. So it builds up this exercise. So now all of a sudden I did it for honest to God, not, I swear to God, I didn't care how many listeners I have. And now I look at my numbers. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like once I clear 10,000, I'm like, are you fucking serious? And I was like, all right, maybe that's, maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm like, maybe that's a freak. And it's been, I've been over that now for two months and I'm, it's, and it's, it's going up on average by a hundred, 150 every week. And then I look at, I can, because of Anchor, I can look at the, the dynamics of it, right? And now like 64% of my audience is in the States, but then there's people like in Saudi Arabia, Australia, like it's fucking, it's weird, man. It's weird. And they would never have found, found that on. Yeah, on no, yeah, that, that's you know why I mean? it's like, good to never do have... stuff like this, because I think that really is, I think this, this is the way you've got to look at other avenues. And I think everyone who right now is just thinking of, I just got to go back on stage and everything will be fine. You know, no, I think you have to look at other avenues to build your fan base and then bring those people to the clubs and the venues because then the venues will book you. If you can bring an audience, they'll book you. So, yeah, man. You, how, many, how many times have you seen a club and you've seen it that are booked by fucking oh, that's what, that, YouTuber internet stars that that's do not what have was a joke That was them. how it was ending up towards the end. It was, those were the headlines. That's who it was the, the headliners before COVID. Some guys were, were fucking Snapchat legends because they do a funny oh, face yeah. on Snapchat. And, and, they go, and, and they're on stage now... and they're mumbling incoherently, <laughs> but the fans love it because they just get to see them in person. You know, it's funny. Like One of the nicest guys out there is Tank Sinatra. He's got, I think, 4 million mm-hmm. followers on Instagram. And all he does, I don't say all he does, I don't mean to downplay what he's doing, so please don't, nobody out there take this like I'm putting him down because he's good at what he does. He puts up these memes, right? So four and a half, four point something million followers. So when he sells out a show, he's very smart about it. He doesn't walk up and stand up. He's got a projector. He's got, he might have a really good comic open for him. Like he's about the audience having a fun night. He's not trying to fool them and go like, I'm the yeah. fucking funniest thing out there. You know what I mean? He's really smart about that. But there's other guys that are not so fucking smart like that. They're just out there. They have their Snapchat filters and they're in the millions and they'll set at a club and it's just like really that's and then you look at the people and you're like you came you paid for that when all you had to do was turn up here on a thursday through sunday and you would have laughed twice as hard i mean but i, I think know. we can relate to this we I, i've been in situations so have you where you've opened up for a headliner and you are 20 times better than the headliner headliner goes up there basically smiles all happens and but because the audience is there for the headliner they are in seventh heaven all the headline is basically reading his grocery list. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely it happens, mm-hmm. man. Absolutely it happens. But speaking of like podcasts, how many podcasts do you have? So let's tell the people where they can find out your uh, all your, your different podcasts. I know I'm supposed to do your Disney one soon. And you know I'm a huge Disney fan. I've got a Mickey tattoo on my oh. arm. Like I'm a huge Disney yeah, fan. You're gonna, I'm so I'm doing to two. I do the Goose's Disney the pod. And what that is, is I, I'm, I'm starting with all the Walt Disney animation films from Snow White to Frozen 2. And each week, me and a different comic, we cover the movie. And I think that is my favorite podcast because whether you like – even if you don't like Disney, every Disney movie is so different that if you get the right comic and the right movie combination, the, the conversations can go so many different places. Like Fox and the, Fox and the Hound. Smart, I had a girl man. from the South. We That's talked about smart. hunting. Um, Little Mermaid. We right. talked about like how like you know people were ba- – basically Broadway was at the end of its rope and Little Mermaid brought it back, which not a lot of people know about. Every movie has a different story and a different background. Right. I think a lot of people just think it's princess movies, and they're not. So that's a lot of fun. So that's called Goots' Disney Pod. It's, it's on iTunes and Spotify. 
And then I have the Goots cast, which is my podcast I've been doing since 2011 off and on. But now it's mainly I brought it back after COVID, you know, killed my career. Uh, but now it's mainly I do wrestling four days a week. And if you're into wrestling, give us a listen. Um, I, I didn't. It's on YouTube at Ray Goots Comedy. So that one you can watch the video version of Ray Goots Comedy or subscribe just on Spotify Goots Cast. Uh, there's some people that cover, that review wrestling and they're getting like millions of hits. And I'm like, you know what? If they can get millions of hits, I'm going to go for these millions of hits. My, fuck it. I may not be able to go on stage, but I'm going to do this shit, you know? Yeah, I got a lot of wrestling fans on this, man, too. So hopefully... Yeah, it's called Ray Goots Comedy on YouTube. Out. All right, man. Listen, Ray, thanks so much for doing this, man. I really, really appreciate it. I enjoy talking to you. Um, I hope... Uh, I hope this ends soon. Uh, you're being very smart on how you're handling yeah. this. You're taking it safe. Uh, and you're you're very realistic about what's going on. But I like that you're staying positive and you're moving forward and you're staying active. Thank so you, man. I Thanks really for having me. This was a lot of fun. On, yeah, All right. Thanks so much, Ray. Be good, man. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, I told you, Ray's a good guy. Uh, check him out. Follow him on, on all his uh, social medias. Check out his podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know where to send them to. Send them to my Instagram, and I will certainly get back to you either publicly or privately. Until then, guys, take care of yourselves. Uh, make sure you look after yourselves, and uh, make sure, as always, wash yourselves, you dirty fuckers. Take care. Good luck to you. Good luck. <laughs>